and but when you have this opportunity to go to the Holy Land and you get to sit on the steps where Jesus taught as a young boy or you go to uh, Jacob's well and actually drink from the spring where Je- Jesus sat with that woman at the, at the well uh, and you drink from the same well that he was drinking from or you go to the Garden of Gethsemane and, and you get down and you pray in that garden you start to experience a peace of knowing this is no fairy tale. And welcome to the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast here. Uh, just thankful to have another week. I think this is week 18 of this podcast, and it's been interesting over the past few weeks. We've talked about peace. Unfortunately, I haven't talked about what peace is. So, hey, I want to welcome in a friend of mine. Uh, known him for a little while, probably not nearly as um, short of a time as we think it is, uh, I'm sure, but but it's Chad Cole. He's a pastor at Chestnut Dale Baptist Church uh, here locally. And uh, Chad, thank you for taking the time to come in and well, talk with me, man. And uh, so do you know anything about peace? Uh, yes. <laughs> not not as much as I'd love to know. <laughs> I, I would, yeah, the, what do they say in, in the Bible, the best yet, uh, best half is yet to be known or something like that. Just, yeah, I can't wait to learn that half about peace. But yeah, I'm, I'm still still trying to find a complete peace, and I've got uh, I've got the peace of Jesus in my heart, and I know that, and that's that's good enough right now. But through this pandemic and and all that's going on, we tend to all struggle with the peace of knowing what what's next, because well, nobody knows what's next. Yeah, and I mean, and honestly, we're at that situation too. You know, in in the world today, if there were a lesson that we could learn from 2020, it's that nothing is set in stone there's nothing we can do that can um truly help us see any differently um about the world we're in i mean it's it's interesting the the peace that is absent in our world right now um just bumped the mic that was great uh but (laughs) yeah that's what that noise was if anybody's wondering what is the situation there? I mean, as we look at the world around us today, as we think about, uh, you know, just talking about peace in general, um, what is the situation worldwide? I mean, in February, everybody's lives begin to get mixed up. March, it's like the world turned upside down to not really quote Hamilton, but quote Hamilton, you know, and I even saw where Lin-Manuel Miranda had put out a, question on twitter one day and said which song from hamilton would describe 2020 <laughs> and i think he thought the world turned upside down was going to be the one that everybody picked it was actually the reynolds papers which <laughs> makes it even more interesting as to what kind of year people have had right. okay. <laughs> talking about scandal and everything yeah. else so you know i don't know but just looking at that and thinking about that and thinking about what peace is supposed to be where peace truly comes from I mean, those conversations that we've had over the last few weeks on the podcast, but we've not actually defined peace. Let me define it for you because that's what I was looking up while you were oh, Okay, cool. So the, the definition for peace is freedom from disturbance or tra- tranquility. So, Freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Are there other definitions or is that it? Uh, a state or period in which there's no war or a war has ended. Okay, well, if you've read 1984 by George <laughs> Orwell, war is peace according to... 
those statements, but we could go into all of the politics of that later. Um, anything else? Yeah, the biblical definition for this is uh, totally, no, totality, um, completeness, success, fulfillment, whole, wholeness, harmony, security, and well-being. Okay, so that's the biblical definition. That's the biblical, and they said peace is not in the Old Testament, according to that, to the Google. Encyclopedia.com says it. Surely now you got me thinking. Peace is not in the Old Testament. The word peace might not be, but it surely as a... There's peace. There's definitely peace. Because God's in the Old Testament too. Peace that passes understanding, right? Yep. Well, but, you know, some people might not consider the Psalms as being in the Old Testament because, you know, those little Gideon Bibles? Yeah. The Psalms and Proverbs are in the Gideon Bible. Yeah. And that's the New Testament. I don't know what anybody's talking about, you know. Those little Gideon Testaments, it's the New Testament. Yeah. So Psalm and Proverbs is in the New Testament. Yeah. David wrote a New Testament book. Um, <laughs> I, we, we are joking, yes. by the way. Yes. So biblical definition of peace. Thinking about that, looking at that, and now you've got me interested in something because um, freedom from disturbance, tranquility. A friendly greeting peace there's that too by the way used as an order to remain silent yeah or leave leave i woke up at seven thanked my host and peaced out (laughs) um these are not what we are trying to talk about but this inner peace that everybody likes to get in touch with spirituality and I guess this is where the conversation is going to lead. We were just kind of just seeing where it would go. Um, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Mm-hmm. So it is most definitely in the Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just to throw that out there for everyone, make sure you know that. Uh, it's translated in the Septuagint, again, we could talk about that, but most often by the Greek word um, arene which is a wide semantic range included the notions of totality, completeness, success, fulfillment. That's what you read. You just skipped over all the (laughs) educational stuff. The big words. Yeah. Peace in the old Testament. Peace in the Bible. Let's see. Oh wait, no, it's in the old Testament. Genesis one. You, you didn't click on the link, man. No, I didn't. Peace is most definitely in the Old Testament. Uh, The most comprehensive description of shalom is a cosmic order ordained by God through creation. Genesis 1. Established with God's people in the covenant, Exodus 20 through 23. I don't know where the book of Hanson is, (laughs) but they describe it. (laughs) No, that's got to be some kind of commentary, right? I would hope. Hanson 347. I don't remember how all these bibliography stuff works from school. But so, all right, well, let's start there. The cosmic order of God in creation. Basically, the peace, which was day seven, right? Yes. The fact that he said, all of it's good. I'm taking a rest. And peace was not disturbed until man ate from the tree. At which point, peace no longer existed in the Old Testament. <laughs> no. Nope. But I, 
I mean, the reality of it is when we talk about peace, we talk about some of those things. And, and one of the reasons that we're talking about it in this way today is because you do work for Wilcox Travel. You do a lot of uh, things and, and y'all take Holy Land trips. I mean, obviously, during the era of COVID, that might or might not be up in the air right now. It's not till probably the fall of next year. So that being the case, though, when we look at this, we look at the time of COVID uh, and the situations we're facing, but having been to the Holy Land, having seen the streets Jesus walked, having seen the garden where he prayed, seeing the things, you know, sailing on the Jordan, uh, little things like that, you know, I mean, there's a whole lot of things you've done. You were baptized in the Jordan, right? I was. So, I mean... You know, and that wasn't your first time being baptized, but it was definitely. Yeah, this was just like a confirmation, or not a confirmation. Uh, uh, I forget what they call it. Good Baptists call them rededications, rededications right? Rededications, what I was trying to say. <laughs> yes, rededications. Yep. Um, but when we think about those things and we think about how the process of all that works, I mean, what is the, there's a piece in that, right? There is. I mean, and so the Bible tells us that, you know, um, faith cometh, or uh, walk by faith, not by sight. And so we're we have this faith that we have in Jesus that we can't really see. We can't physically see Jesus in front of us. You know, he's not in the same room as we are right now physically. And but when you have this opportunity to go to the Holy Land and you get to sit on the steps where Jesus taught as a young boy or you go to uh, Jacob's well and actually drink from the spring where Jesus sat with that woman at the at the well, uh, and you drink from the same well that he was drinking from, or you go to the Garden of Gethsemane and, and you get down and you pray in that garden, you start to experience a peace of knowing this is no fairy tale. A lot of people, even as Christians, believe some of the stuff is fairy tale. It can't be true. I know it's true. And then you go and you sit or you walk or you study and you pray, and you're in this land, this small little country that Jesus was walking in and out of constantly for 33 and a half years, just moving around. And, and not just Jesus, but Old Testament, New Testament, these characters that, that we look at, especially childhood, and you go and, and you see where, um, where the battles were fought, and you get to, you're actually putting eyes on the land where all this was written, and it just is absolutely, uh, it's just, I can't explain how moving it is, and you get this piece like you're talking about you walk in and it's like this is so real this is this is where my jesus walked this is where mm-hmm. my jesus slept this is where my jesus preached and he taught and he performed these miracles and then you get this just this sweetest piece of knowing that this land still exists you know because hmm. israel shouldn't probably be around right now but god has protected that thing and continues to protect it and you know and you know it's one of the great things about living here in america you know we we are partnered with them now you know we are we're with them we support them and which is a great thing and god will bless those nations that bless israel and i I truly believe that yeah but there's that prophecy that all will turn against israel too so we've got to be aware (laughs) i do not want to be around if that happens no (laughs) definitely not but you're you're absolutely right and um you know, and then there's a lot of talk about the end times right now. Yeah. And one of the things in recent news that has popped up is this peace treaty mm-hmm. that 
Israel just signed with the United Arab Emirates. Yeah. And, you know, what is the significance of that for people? I mean, ultimately, I can answer that question, but it doesn't make for a good conversation if all I'm doing is right you know but i mean having been there knowing the the unrest i mean that's another thing uh, when we talk about peace how peaceful actually is it in israel okay when you're there on a trip (laughs) we can get to that in a moment but but this peace treaty with the united arab emirates a lot of folks are saying is this the one is this the treaty that is basically prophesied about that there will be peace but it will not be real like that it 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 looks good everybody thinks this is it and then it's only a ploy that leads to destruction yeah honestly i, I couldn't tell you i, I don't know I've, I've studied it just enough um there will always be uh, and I'm, I'm not making this i will not make this political there's going to be people that look at it in in the wrong set of eyes they, they don't have the right set of glasses on to see this treaty and the significance behind it, they're, they've turned it and made it more political, U.S. political than anything because of who they support or don't support. And, <laughs> what does U.S. politics have to do with Israel? That's my biggest right. question, other than the fact that we want to be aligned with them, scripturally speaking. Exactly. And, we, and whenever we recognize Jerusalem as, you know, this is going to, this is where we are moving our, uh, uh, oh, shoot, just, the embassy. The embassy. Thank you. You know when they moved the embassy over, and they recognized. You made Jerusalem. me think for a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Friday. It, it, you know, they, and they moved it, and that was like that was like you don't. Well, no, you don't do that. That's a no no. We're not we're not recognizing uh, Jerusalem. That is the capital. That is where we're, we've moved our, our embassy, and that's that is it's it's huge. It's significant for us to recognize. It's also the city on the hill it that we see the in the scripture. Yes. It's the it's the place where Jesus walked. It's the streets he talked on and taught on, and um, it's the city he was in when he looked at the disciples and said, "You know, no easier will it be for a rich man to enter heaven than a camel mm-hmm. to enter through that gate." Yep. You know, and or through the eye of a needle, which some say is one of the gates at Israel. We'll talk about that another time. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting to unpack all of that. There's, and you actually, uh, you, you leave, it's like drinking water through a fire hose. I mean, just, <laughs> that was the conversation between, we had two different guides, because the, the first trip I went on, we had uh, two buses, two guides, because we had 72 people. And so we got two different takes on a lot of things. The eye of the camel was one of the biggest conversations. I almost thought there was going to be a knockdown drag out fight between the two guys. Well, the camel through the eye of the needle, like that's the thing is that, you know, obviously a camel will not fit through the eye of a needle if we're talking about a needle. But there is the conversation that one of the gates was called the eye of the needle. Mm-hmm. Like the, the word for that would have been one word, which would have been a camel can't pass through that gate, yeah. which there is a really small gate that a camel could not right. pass through. I yep. mean, either way, that's absolutely a true statement. It is. And then there, there, another thing is it has something to do with fishing. Right. There's a, a knot that you tie, a loop knot or something that, that you anchor your boat with that is considered that as well. So that's where we had a lot of discussions and we actually <laughs> just left it alone. We, well, we it, walked away because there's, there's so much in the Bible that you try to unpack in the 10 days that you're there you, know, you want to know as much as you can you're trying to see 
all that you can this short amount of time that you're there and sometimes you leave more confused with more questions than you've got answers for right you go over with all right, i want to figure all this out and you come back you might, it might have been one page of stuff and you come back with a novel full of questions that you want to answer you want to go back and learn so, more let's take that principle apply it to life for a moment and realize the questions of life when we deal with those questions of life and as a pastor that's something that we have to deal with a lot we deal with people's questions and they expect us to have the answers immediately like it should be something we've already been studying any of those conversations that we have out there and so how do we not only as pastors but as individuals um learn from those questions take those situations take those opportunities to look and answer those questions through god's word where the ultimate reality is it's written by men who were trying to make sure i say this the right way i don't want to give god's word any discredit whatsoever it's written by men who were inspired by god who wrote this down at the very least 2,000 years ago, mm-hmm. roughly. I mean, you're talking the end of the first century, middle to end of the first century, so you're talking 1,900 to 2,000 years ago. Um, and the Old Testament even older. Yeah. So these men write these things down. Everything's documented. Um, and, I, you know, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John write the story of Jesus, and there's a lot of questions about who Jesus was that comes out of those Gospels. 2,000 years removed, we don't have the answers and we don't have the person to ask because the writer is not here. It's not like he sat down and did a podcast or anything like that. So how do we answer those questions? And I mean, even in Israel, you're not going to get the answer. I mean, ultimately, Israel today existed since 1949 or 47? Uh, 47. So you're talking 72 years, Israel has been a country again about 1900 years yeah. removed from the last time it was a country yeah. almost it seems yeah. you know I get I guess the biggest I guess the, the question I've asked and I've asked the church that I've asked a lot of people this we're trying to define who Jesus is the easiest way is who's Jesus to you you know because we all have our own definition you know, it's just like looking up in the Webster dictionary and you may have a couple different definitions of something or not maybe you look at Webster and then you'll look at Google and you'll look at you go somewhere else and you look at these different uh, places for definitions, we're all going to have our own definition. We're going to have our own definition of who Jesus is to each one of us because he is so much to so many. I mean, if I was to start right now with my list of what he is to me, I mean, I would go on We got a little time. We got a little time. You know, he's he's everything. I could sum it up with everything, but you know, he's he he's the one that sustains me daily, all of us daily. He's the, he blesses, he he loves, he extends out that grace every every day, that the mercy that is new every morning. You know, he he is um, like the Bible says, the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and end of each one of us, and and he is the beginning and the end of everything. Um, creator, I mean, you, there's so much that we can use biblical terms to define him or we can just use our own terms to me if i had to sum up jesus you know i said everything but i guess the one word to sum him up or one word to define him in in my life would just have to be love because that's what he is he is well now you're on topic that i can talk about yeah 
I mean, you, I, I've, I've spent 75 days so far talking about love. I, <laughs> and and it's, it's weird to think about the change that's made in my life. Um, June the 8th, I sat down and I got tired of seeing my Facebook feed and literally just said, you know what, I'm going to tell people I love them. And I just said, I love you. I want to start there. And I, I wrote a post and got a lot of response and was like, okay, well, let's do day two. 75 days later, I could have never imagined what God has done yeah. through that post. But 75 different posts. I've not missed a day in the process of it, except for I did miss one on purpose. Because of the post that I wanted to put up that day, I felt led to wait until the next day and then post it later. I actually posted two the next day, but I posted it later intentionally because the next statement was, I love you. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. So I was like, I can't post that today yeah. because it's got to make the point, but it's all about his love. And what I noticed in me was 15 to 20 days in, that's literally all I could think about. Mm. Not the post that I was going to put up, but the love of God for me as his child and the love of God for me as the fact that Christ went to the cross, the fact that, but you know, you bring up love and we're talking about how to find peace as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, that brought me peace. So they work hand in hand. They, they do. If you haven't experienced the love of Jesus, you've never experienced peace. There's no way. I don't think you can. There's not enough materialistic things in this world to fulfill you and to fill up your heart the way that Jesus does. So once you experience the love of Jesus through salvation, then you're going to start feeling that peace. I mean, in and you've probably seen it everybody listening has probably seen or at least heard about this you know people will get saved whether they get saved in the pew at church or down on an altar or in their laundry room it doesn't matter they come up because you know we're, we're a new creature and we come up and people will, will talk about that experience that peace like i have no clue i've never experienced anything like that i'm getting chills right now just saying it i've Absolutely. never experienced anything like that before that is peace because you just experienced love for the first time true love I don't care if you've been married 57 years. If you don't have Jesus, you've never experienced true love. Once you experience that love, then you've experienced oh, yeah. that peace. And See, it, I just I got chills all yeah, over Yeah, I know. I mean, and, and I feel you on that because I, I understand that exact statement. And I, I, I kind of get them too. You know, I mean, you're the one talking about it. So, you know, you got the, you got the full. I'm just sitting here ex experiencing it myself. But it's the feeling I felt over and over and over again. Uh, during all of this when I sit down just to think about his love and see where he wants me to take that mm -hmm. that day yeah. and I have it all put in a document I'm like I'm going to save these because I don't want to lose sight of where I am right now mm -hmm. and yeah I've been using quotes from other people quotes about love quotes that have nothing to do with the Lord but I've used those quotes to yeah. describe things and in the process of all this I I'm a huge quote guy and so the other day I was having one of those days where peace was escaping me, regardless of the love I was focused on. Peace was just absolutely escaping me. And I came across a Corey Tim Boom quote that said, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? And, you know, immediately that hit me like yeah. a ton of bricks. And I was like, am I making through this pandemic? I've, you know, it's been my steering wheel, but have I made it a spare tire? Have I backed up? Have I punted a little bit? And 
And so as I went through the process of all of that, like it then opened a door for me to just start looking and studying and, and finding stuff. And then I came across a quote by Johnny Cash. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> not me. To go from Corey Timboom to Johnny Cash. But the quote from Johnny Cash, my arms are too short to box with God. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. When we get into a, t a difficult situation, that's immediately what we try to do. We are like that boxer who wants to take somebody down. And it's like we're in that press conference and we're trying to get in God's face. And and God's like, are we seriously doing this right now? You know, I mean, it's it's kind of that mentality to me. But that, that quote, my arms are too short yeah. to box with God. Well, the cathedrals, remember they sung that song? Which uh, one? The greatest champion of the world. The great champion of the world. Well, there's that, and then there's Carmen the champion. If you've yeah. never heard that, I don't know if I've heard you that need one. to the, hear that. The cathedrals, because I, I love to hear George Yance open that thing up. Oh, yeah. Talking about the undefeated uh, And then wasn't there of the champion of love, too, somewhere? Champion of love, yeah. It was champion of love. I just said it. Yeah. Champion of the world, but champion of love, yeah. Yeah, champion of the world. We're probably getting into, like, Nelly or somebody. <laughs> um, but, you know, Carmen did the champion and it's literally Carmen was that guy that taught rapped. It wasn't really even rap or hip hop. It was, but the champion is a 10 minute song. If you've not heard it and I will, I would encourage folks to listen to it. I'll, I'll post it actually in the link on the podcast today. Um, it's one of my favorites. I mean, when I go walk mm -hmm. and, and start working out and doing things, that's one of the first things I listen to <laughs> sometimes because it, it goes through a boxing match between Jesus and Satan and God's the referee. And it's just absolutely fantastic. And he does the voices and like he's playing this whole game and, and I mean, just going through and I don't want to ruin it for anybody that's not heard it. Maybe another day, but I'm definitely going to post that in the yeah, comments. I'm have to look that the, up too. Yeah. I'll send you a link okay. to it, but man, that song is just so powerful, but it's exactly the same mentality as champion of love is, you know, the all-time undefeated, undisputed Disputed. champion. Yeah. And how did he win that championship? He gave up everything. And Carmen plays off that same mentality of he got knocked down, but he should have been counted out, and nobody could believe he got up. Like, the fact that he rose from the dead, mm -hmm. and he, he beat the 10 count, so to speak. Uh, so that's kind of where peace comes from, right? It is. I mean, that... The fact that he has done all the heavy lifting, he's done all the hard work, he also warned us that all of these things would happen. And I said this, uh, I think maybe even last time talking with Jamie Show, and I've said this a multiple amount of times to my church, to people that I've talked to, and that is that there's four words that bring me more comfort than anything right now in God's word. And in the things that Jesus said, and that is the words, these things must happen. Mm. Because everybody's getting upset. Everybody's looking at the process of all these things and the things that are going on around us in the world. And I'm sitting here going, he told us this would happen. Exactly. He said these things must happen. I mean, Judas cuts off the ear of the, of the servant that's trying to arrest him. And Jesus heals the ear and says, or not Peter. Judas, Peter. Peter cut off the ear. Judas did the other thing. Um, <laughs> you know, he who shall not be named, right? right? Um, Judas, or Peter, cuts off the ear. Jesus looks at Peter and says, don't you know these things must happen? What are you doing? 
you know and it and it's just so powerful to think about that and then think about everything that happens in our lives i've found peace in the fact that as i go through my days something starts happening i'm like these things must happen you know i start thinking i'm like obviously that's god's plan don't i know these things must happen you know right. <laughs> it's like i get bad news well these things must happen you right. know I mean? yeah. it starts going through that process mentally and, for me and for me i love that and then you 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 think he's, he's already planned this thing out yeah and that's the end of part one with chad cole talking about uh israel we didn't really get into a lot of the trust part of the conversation but we are talking about trust brings peace and we'll continue that conversation next week. I want to wrap this one up in prayer uh, just to pray for Chad and for uh, you as well. Thank you for listening with us. But let's just go before the Lord in prayer as we close this one out today. Father God, we just thank you again for the opportunity to have friends in, to talk about your word, your ministry, talk about the things and, and Lord, to talk about seeing it come to life, the trust that we must have in you. But the fact that uh, we live by faith and not by sight, but Lord, to be able to put sight to that faith is just a beautiful thing. So, Lord, we thank you that we have these opportunities. Lord, I thank you for Chad. I thank you for his uh, friendship, for his uh, knowledge, for his experiences. And I thank you for his time to come in and spend time with us. And so, Lord, as we uh, continue this prayer process, as we continue this week ahead, as we continue everything, Lord, I pray you bless Chad, I pray you bless the church that he ministers at. I pray you bless his people. And I just lift it up to you and thank you for the opportunity to know him. Uh, God, just not only to know him, but to know you. Lord, we give you glory. We, we praise you for allowing us the opportunities to be able to see your uh, word come to life in mighty ways. But God, I pray that you just help us to trust you today. Lord, in not only today, but every day. And we just lift these things up to you now in the holy, precious, wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thanks for tuning in with the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast. You can join us each week. We try to get an episode up by 12 noon every Friday. And we are very blessed to be able to bring this to you. Hope that you can find peace where the wild things aren't. Listen on wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow it. Click it to download so you can get the newest episodes. And again, we thank you for listening to Where the Wild Things Are.